Would you go with me in the Word of God today to Isaiah chapter 54? Isaiah 54. I have a Mother's Day message. Now, for some of you, you're like, what? For, for some of you, you're like, well, that don't mean anything. We'll just wait and see. Isaiah chapter 54. Would you open your heart in faith this morning? See, if we, if we will open our heart in faith, the Spirit of the Lord is able to, by His Word, impart. This is what the Lord can do. His Word, He is able to impart into our spirit so that we get revelation and understanding from Him. Not intellectual understanding, spiritual revelation and understanding that can come. It comes when we open our heart. You've heard us say it many times. We must learn to listen with our spirit, not with our intellect. He that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the church. We see that recorded to every church in the book of Revelation. And I believe that the Lord is wanting to impart some things into our spirit by his word today. I do not even understand how he can or will do that. I simply know what the spirit of God has turning in my spirit. And I'm trusting him to do what only he can do. But it requires all of us to be active participants in what he's doing. And so I'm asking us today in faith. In faith to open our heart and allow God, however he chooses, to impart his word into our spirit. So that his word will accomplish what he sends it to do, not returning void. Amen. Isaiah chapter 54. Sing, O barren. Thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, Thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Now there's a lot in that one verse. And we may hear that, see that, and go, what in the world? But I want you to notice, I told you I have a Mother's Day message. The Lord is speaking to a mother-to-be. Would you agree? Let me read that again, and I want you to consider that context. The Lord is speaking prophetically to a mother yet to be. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. This is a woman that has not yet born children. You with me? Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. What do you mean singing? I don't have any children yet. I'm barren. 
The Lord's saying it's time to sing and cry aloud. Even though, Why? Because more are the children of the desolate than the married wife. That's not why we're singing. There the Lord is addressing this barren woman, this barren heart. Because she sees this desolate that has many children and she doesn't have any. We see in the scripture, hold your hand there because we're going to keep reading Isaiah 54. But we see in the scripture, mothers desiring children, one of the most... uh, One of the most known places in Scripture is we find Hannah, the mother of Samuel, before she has children. And she goes with Elkanah, her husband, to the tabernacle or the temple for a time of prayer, the season of prayer. And she goes up without children. And Elkanah's other wife is having all these kids. And Hannah doesn't have any. And the Scripture says that he loved her more than his wife that had children. But she was wanting children. And so they're in the temple praying. And she's standing in the corner bearing her heart to God because she's childless. And the Bible says that she spoke, only her lips moved, but no words come out. And so there was this groaning in her. And there, and the priest, Eli, sees her and he thinks, man, she's drunk. And so when she's leaving, he addresses her. Hey, hey, hey. And she goes, oh, no, not so, not so. In humility, she says to him, But I was crying to the Lord, and the priest Eli says to her, According to your prayer, so be it to you. Elkanah, her husband, he's trying to understand why she's having such a tough time, and he blesses her, and she says, I want children. He says, you know, I can't do that. I can't, you know, this this takes two of us. I can't just, can you imagine the pressure on a husband trying, his wife's not having children, and she's wanting children. He's like, "I, I don't know what else to do. And Hannah makes this statement to him, give me children or else I die. It was the cry of a barren mother. There's something God puts in the heart of a woman. I can't understand it. It wants children. My wife at times has said, oh, man, let's get another baby. No, it doesn't work that way. I watch her watching these little bitty kids and her heart's full and like, what in the world? I don't get that. I mean, I think they're cute. Don't get me wrong. I, 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 I enjoy them. They, 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 you guys are thinking, man, he's cruel. No, 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 no. I, I enjoy children. I love children. I really, really do enjoy. But, but once we had our third, there was nothing in me. Brother Reuben's going, man, I'd like to have about seven or eight. Now, some of y'all working on it. God bless you. I was, I was good at Now, the husband couldn't understand that. He didn't understand Hannah's cry. He said, am I not not worth more to you than ten sons? You can read it in 1 Samuel. She's like, no, not really. I mean, that's, that's my paraphrase of the scripture. Go read it. She was saying, I need children. I need children. There's a fulfillment that comes when I've had children. Right? Now the Lord is speaking to a mother here. A mother that is not yet. Stay with me. Stay with me. The Lord is doing a work. He's getting ready to do something here today. A mother that is not yet. And he is declaring to her, sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. 
Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you that did not travail with child. Now, we see this distinction here between the children of the desolate and the children of the married wife. Now, when you read that verse, you're going, hold on a minute. Barren, married wife. Children of the desolate. Children of the married wife. Well, if we search the scripture, we understand what the prophet Isaiah, what the Lord is saying through the prophet Isaiah, and Israel would definitely understand what is being referenced here. They're referencing their father Abraham. You with me? They're referencing Abraham. Abraham had a promise from God. I'm going to raise up to you children, seed. Your seed will be as the stars of heaven and as the sand of the seashore. He made that promise to Abraham. Abraham's name means father of many nations. One thing, Abraham couldn't just produce those children. There had to be a mother. Amen? And so Abraham's wife was Sarah, right? The married wife. But Sarah couldn't have children, it seemed. And so Sarah had this idea and said, Abraham, why don't you take Hagar, my handmaid? Perhaps the Lord will give you children that way. And they agreed that would make sense, and they did that. I can't even imagine that now, and thank God we don't think. I hope some people might think that way. But So Abraham took Hagar and had a son named Ishmael. That's the desolate, the children of the desolate that we're reading here. You with me? The children of the married wife, that's Sarah. Don't worry, I'm going to show you this if you're going, I don't know how he's getting that. Just stay with me. We're, going to be, we're in the Word. We're in the Word. But we need to understand. Now, Abraham and Sarah were in the natural. Abraham and Hagar and Sarah were in the natural. This prophetic utterance from the Lord is in the spiritual. Spiritual. And there is a distinction between the children of the desolate and the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Verse 2. Enlarge the place of thy tent, and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not, lengthen thy cords, strengthen thy stakes. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left. He's talking to the barren. He's talking to the one without children. And all of this idea of breaking forth and stretching out, he's saying, you need to start making room for the children you're about to have. You understand the context here. This is why we had to read the first verse. The context is, you may have been barren. You may have been grieving because of your barrenness. But I'm telling you, it's time to begin singing. It's time to cry aloud. It's time to start making room. It's time to start stretching out the tent stakes. Because you need to enlarge yourself. Because you're going to break forth on the right hand. You're going to break forth on the left hand. You're going to see your seed, not just your seed. They're going to inherit, watch this promise. You've got to pay attention. The Gentiles. That's you and I in case you didn't catch that. Your seed shall inherit the Gentiles and shall make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, 
for thou shalt not be ashamed. See, there's something about a woman without children that can feel shame. But the Lord was saying, I'm going to deal with that. I'm going to address that. Don't be afraid. You shall not be ashamed. Don't be confounded. You shall not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth, and you shall not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. Why? Verse 5. Now, hold this. Go back to verse 4 because I don't want people reading ahead. Don't read ahead on me. Context. Context matters. Watch. If you go back and read Isaiah chapter 53, we're not going to read it today for sake of time, but if you read all of Isaiah chapter 53, Isaiah 53 is, of course, all those scriptures that says he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our... All of that is in Isaiah 53. It's the revealing of this child, the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's the understanding that through him, all of this is going to come about. You understand, man put the chapters there. It was one prophetic word from Isaiah. And so we see this flow from the promises of the Lord Jesus Christ coming to then this promise of breaking forth. Now, I'm trusting the Lord to put all this together because I know I'm jumping around, but this is where we are. Remember the promise to Abraham, the married wife, Abraham and the married wife. Your children shall be as the sand of the seashore. That promise was to Abraham. And as the stars of the heaven. Okay? It's important to understand Scripture. The sand of the seashore is earthly. That's of this earth. The stars of the heavens are supernatural. They're beyond the earth, beyond this earth. The sand is the natural. The stars are the promise. Children of the natural... Children of promise. The Lord told Abraham, I'll bless Ishmael. Because Abraham said, Lord, can't you just fulfill your promise to me through Ishmael? And the Lord said, and sometimes we do that, don't we? God, can't you just bless what I'm already doing? No. I've got a word I'm going to fulfill. And so we see this. This is important to understand here. That there is Ishmael is blessed because of the Lord made his promise and answered Abraham's prayer. But the promise to Abraham was to Isaac, the seed of promise through Isaac. That's the stars of the heaven. That's a spiritual, not a natural number. Now, I don't know verse so we see Isaiah 53 prophesying of the Lord Jesus Christ coming. His wounding, his healing, our iniquities, our transgressions, all of those things that he does. And then we read this promise of a barren woman bringing forth children beyond number. You with me? This barren woman bringing forth children beyond number is a product of the coming Lord Jesus Christ. Scripture's in order here. We need to see this. Okay? And so in that vein, we've now read chapter 54 all the way through verse 4. Watch verse 5. Because a barren womb does not become impregnated without a husband. Unless it's adultery. But watch. I want us to see this. For thy maker is thine husband. 
The Lord of hosts is his name. And thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord, verse 6, For the Lord hath called you as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth when thou wast refused, saith thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment. Watch, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. Now we read this in the King James and we can miss what the Spirit of the Lord just said through the prophet Isaiah. Here's what he said. He said... There is a barren womb, but it's a wound of promise. There is a barren womb, but it's a womb that I've chosen to be my bride. There is a barren womb, but it will not remain barren for all of time. I have a promise to it. And the promise is that I'm going to draw that to myself. And the Lord himself is the husband. You understand, that which impregnates the wife is the husband. I'm not trying to be graphic, but we need to understand what the Lord was saying here. And so the Lord said, I'm going to come. I'm going to draw her to myself. And though she may have been buried, in my time when I come to this, my bride, what may have seemed like I'll never have children, I'll change things. And they would have been looking at the desolate and saying, how come the desolate seem to keep having children? How come it is those that don't seem to have any truth and fullness of promise seem to keep having children? Don't despair. The Lord says, maybe for a moment it seemed like everybody was looking away from you, but I'm getting ready to draw you to myself. You're going to forget the shame of your youth, and you're going to have children beyond number. Begin to make room. Begin to stretch forth. The Lord is your husband. Now we need to understand, we see a principle in the New Testament. We see it in the birth of Christ. We see it mentioned twice in the Gospels. The angel of the Lord says to Mary and to Joseph, between the two times it is mentioned, that which is born in her is conceived of the Holy Ghost. The father of the child is the Holy Ghost. That's important. Why is that important? Because the body of Christ was birthed. Hear me. The body of Christ was birthed by the impregnating of the Holy Spirit. You with me? This is a pattern and a principle from the word of God. Children were born spiritually because the Holy Ghost was the Father. We, I, I just got to trust the Lord that this is getting in our spirit the way he wants to. We read and see it again in John chapter 3 when Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. And he says, marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. Nicodemus is confused because Nicodemus is still thinking in the natural. In the natural. How can, I, how can I, when I'm old, how can I be born again? Am I supposed to enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born? He was in the natural. And Jesus' response to him was again, Marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. He said, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. 
Unless you're born of the water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. You can't do it. And then he makes this statement in John 3 and 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Natural. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. What is he saying? There's got to be a birthing of the Spirit. The challenge is you were born, Nicodemus, from your mother's womb, but you have not yet been birthed in the Spirit. How does the birthing of the Spirit come? There is a mother and there is a father and there is a spiritual birth. We know who the father is. Yes? We're not confused about who the father is, are we, right? The Holy Ghost, the Spirit, is the Father. Right? Mary, that which is conceived of you is of the Holy Ghost. She's with child of the Holy Ghost. That makes the Holy Ghost the Father. That's why we know these three are one. Now watch. So who's the mother? I'm glad you asked. Go with me to the New Testament. Galatians chapter 4. I'm doing my best to contain myself in case you can't tell. I'm just trusting the Lord and His Word today. In Jesus' name. Come on, would you pray with me again right now? This has got to, we need the Lord to put this in our spirit the way He wants to. I, I can't do it, only He can. Jesus, I pray by your spirit and your word, so impart this into us the way you intend. You know what you're desiring to do here. I trust you. I trust your word. I trust your word in Jesus' name. Galatians, I said four. Let's start with Galatians 3, verse 29. Or 26. Galatians 3 and 26. For you are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you, verse 27, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. See, that agrees with what Jesus told Nicodemus. You need to be born again of water and spirit. As many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Verse 29. And if you be Christ's, then are you, watch, then are you who? You're who? If you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed. And your heirs according to the promise. You get that? That's important. Now, for sake of time, Galatians chapter 4, the thought continues. You go back and read all of this. But Galatians chapter 4, go all the word. Let's start with verse 22. We'll just skip the first 21 verses. You can go read it this afternoon. Galatians 4 and 22. For it is written, here we are, it is written that Abraham had two sons. The one by a handmaid, the other by a free woman. Or a bondmaid, not handmaid. The one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. 
That's the desolate and the married wife that we just read about in Isaiah's prophecy. Verse 23, but he who was of the bondwoman was born after what? Flesh. That was fleshly. That was fleshly. That was carnal. That was what man could produce. He who was a bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Now we understand verse 24, which things are an allegory. For these are the two covenants, the one from the Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar or Hagar. You see that? Here's what the Apostle Paul is saying to the church. He's saying, this that we saw in the Old Testament, it's an allegory, it's a type and a shadow so we can understand the spiritual. The first is that which was born to Agar, Hagar, and that's, that, that leads to bondage. That's not going to be freedom. That which is born to the free woman is going to be free, but that which is born to the bond woman remains in bondage. So you can choose to be born of the flesh and live only in the flesh and live in bondage. But if you're born of the Spirit, whew. verse 25, for this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and watch, this is important, and answers to Jerusalem which now is, and is in bondage with her children. Now, I want to pause right here. This is why, in case you didn't know, this is why there will never be peace in the Middle East. Until the second coming of the Lord, when he sets his feet down on Mount Olives and rules and reigns for a thousand years. And just to be clear, the second coming of the Lord is when he returns and begins the millennial reign, not when he catches the church away. The catching of the church away is not the second coming. Okay, it's a side note, but I feel like we need to, we need to understand Scripture. The reason the catching away of the church is not the second coming is because he does not come back to the earth when he catches the church away. Read the Scripture. He will return in the clouds, and we shall be caught up together to meet him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. He doesn't come back to the earth and meet us. We're caught up to meet him in the air. So when you read in Scripture of the second coming, or you hear the, the second coming is when he comes back the second time to the earth. That is not until he returns for the millennial reign. Then that's why he said, we read in Acts chapter 1, this same Jesus which you have seen go shall come again in like manner as you have seen him go. They saw him go and lift off from the Mount of Olives. When he returns and sets back down on the Mount of Olives, we know from Revelation that will be the millennial reign. That's the second coming. So that was a side note, but we need to have the understanding of Scripture. The catching away of the church, we go meet him in the air. You with me? That's another Bible study for another time, but I, I think we need to have clarity so we're not confused. Because that can confuse us if we don't just read the Scripture. So, so we see, as a result, in the Middle East there will never be peace because Ishmael... And Isaac are always at war. The children of the bondwoman with the children of the free. Always at war. And will always be that way. It it's just is. 
It's why you have the Arabs and the Jews. The Arabs are the descendants of Ishmael. The Jews are the descendants of Isaac. This is the product of working in our flesh. Because Abraham operated in his flesh, we have this ongoing for centuries and generations. The Arabs, descendants of Ishmael. The Jews, descendants of Isaac. But here's why it will never be settled. The word is so full. Sorry, I didn't plan on this being prophecy class today, but we need to see what's in the word of God. It helps us understand where we are. Watch. This Agar, or Hagar, the descendants of Hagar, Ishmael's descendants, is Mount Sinai in Arabia, the Arabs. Watch. And here's the line that's always going to... The word of God is true. And who does Arabia answer to? It's settled in the word of God. And answereth to Jerusalem. Why do you think there's such a struggle and a battle over the temple mount? I told you I didn't plan on this being a prophecy class, but here we are. We need to understand what's going on in our world. It's in the word of God. Why is it that the Arabs say, no, we own the temple mount? And the Jews say, no, we, and I'm, there will be a day. Jerusalem will take back over the temple mount. They will build a temple there. And they will again offer sacrifice on the temple mount at the temple. And they will do so for about three and a half years. And the Antichrist will come on the scene. And he will make them, he will, he will make them believe that he's the one. And then at three and a half years, the Antichrist will step in and he will enter into the temple where the sacrifice is made, the scripture tells us. And it will be called the abomination of desolations. And he will step into that place where the sacrifice is made and set his throne there in the temple as though he's God and cause the sacrifices to cease. And Jerusalem, Israel, will realize this is not the one. Now, you can read and study your scripture. We won't, if we're filled with his spirit and we were in the catching away, we won't be here for that part. I can give, that's a whole other Bible study again. But you need to read and study the word. But this is why there's this battle in the Middle East. Why is this? This is why. It's spiritual. And so we understand that. So let's get back to where we are. We are now this, there's this barren woman. Who is she? Who is she? Let's read. So what verse are we on? 25. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answers to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. Verse 26, watch, watch, this is so important. But Jerusalem, which is above, spiritual. But Jerusalem, not the earthly, the supernatural. Jerusalem, which above, is free, which is what? See, I told you it was a Mother's Day message. Jerusalem, which above, Brother Joel, is free, not in bondage. Free and is the mother of us all. Let's keep reading verse 27. For it is written, rejoice, thou barren. That, oh, doesn't that sound familiar? And the apostle Paul goes back to the book of Isaiah and the prophecy and says, I want to bring some understanding to the church. Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate, the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, verse 28. Now we, everybody say we. We, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. 
Did you just catch that? I don't know if you did. We are the children of promise. We are the children that Isaiah prophesied about. That said they're going to break forth. And you're going to inherit the Gentiles. He was prophesying about the church of the living God. Impregnated by the spirit of God. We are the children of promise. Verse 29. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Now that was all introduction to finish in the next couple minutes. But you need, we need to have understanding of what the word says. Are you with me? Who's the mother? The church. The church is the mother of us all. Jerusalem, which above, is free and is the mother of us all. How in the world is the Lord going to bring end time harvest like we read about in Scripture? I'll tell you how. He's going to come to the married wife. And he's going to say, for a season. For a season, you were desolate. Oh, maybe some here and some there. But I'm getting ready to him. I'm going to impregnate the church by my spirit. You might as well just strengthen your stakes. You might as well just stretch out the tent. I'm going to draw my bride to myself. And the spirit of the Lord is going to impregnate his church. It will not be a work of men. It will not be some production of men. It will not be some program and methodology produced by men. It will be the spirit of God coming to a bride that has made herself ready. That has separated herself wholly unto the Lord. That says here I am Lord. And there's a cry of my heart that says give me children else. I die. I can't just sit on a pew and go through motions. I can't just come on Sunday and Thursday and say, bless me, Lord, and touch me again. There's something in my spirit that says, God, give us children, else we die. That is not a self-produced or self-proclaimed thing. It is the Spirit of God desiring to bring in time harvest for where we are. And there's the cry of the world that's saying, I need rescue. What is that they need I'll tell you what they need they've been born naturally but they have not been born spiritually what will it take it will take the impregnating of the church by the spirit of God and we read in Isaiah 66 and 8 I believe it is that as soon as Zion travailed she brought forth as soon as the church entered into a place of travail what did it? Isaiah said it there in Isaiah in 68. Is this a strange thing? Is this a hard thing? How is it possible that it happened in such a short time? I'll tell you how it happened. The Spirit of God impregnated the church, and the church began to travail. And as soon as the church travailed, she brought forth. She brought forth. Be clear and understand certainly. We are not seeking to gather people to ourselves. We are seeking to get in relationship with our maker who is, Isaiah prophesied, our husband. 
Do you know why some wives don't have children? They have no intimacy with their husband. I'm afraid if I'm not careful, I can become more intimate with the world than I am with my maker. And therefore, there is no children. There must be a pushing away of every other thing. I'm telling you, I hear the voice of the Spirit, even in what may have sounded like just casual talk earlier on, about don't get so focused on the children that you neglect the most important relationship, which is the relationship between the husband and the wife. And so it is with God. He is our maker, our husband. And so you and I, as a people of God, must recognize not only is he my father, my redeemer, my savior, but the Lord, my maker, is my husband. And he desires an intimacy with you and I in relationship. And when you and I are intimate with him, there is something birthed in us that produces spiritual children. But it won't happen if I'm... See, it's the beckoning of the Lord that we've been hearing for several months about come out from among them and be a separate, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you unto myself. There is a beckoning of the Spirit of God on the church today that says I would desire to draw you near to me. I hear the Lord Jesus Christ in His earthly ministry speaking to Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem! Jerusalem, how I desired to draw you to myself, but you would not. But I hear him again crying to the church. I'm desiring to draw you to myself. I'm desiring to show myself to you, not just as Savior, Redeemer, Father, Deliverer, Provider, but I'm desiring you to know me as your husband because I would impregnate the church in this last hour and there would be end-time harvest of souls. This is the prophetic word of God to Isaiah. Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear. Cry aloud and spare not. Strengthen the cords. Strengthen the stakes. Make room. What's going to happen? Are you and I going to do that? Not a chance. Maybe if we go knock enough doors, pass out enough tracks, say enough... No program, no methodology. I'll tell you what it's going to take. It's going to take men and women of God humbling ourselves and recognizing I belong to Him. He is my maker. He is my husband. He's chosen me to be His bride. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and find a place with Him. I want to be known of Him. I want to know Him. I want to enter into a place with Him where I am so consumed with my husband, my maker, that He knows me and that there becomes offspring between me and God. Now this might sound strange if you didn't have the context of the word, but this is the desire of God for this hour. And so it must be something that by His Spirit He puts into our spirit that recognizes I'm not just here to exist. But it is the desire of God. Would you pray with me where you are right now? Well, would you talk to him right there where you are? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. For some of you, you haven't even understood what the longing of your soul is. I'll tell you what it is. 
It's a longing that desires children. I believe it's the spiritual cry that we heard from Hannah in the natural. Give me children, else I die. I believe there's a cry that's starting to come into the church because it's the cry of the Spirit of God that's saying, I want a place of relationship with my church. I want a place of intimacy with my church as their husband, them as my bride, to where I can know them and be known of them. This intimacy of relationship that produces children for the kingdom and the glory of God. These are the seed of promise. The promise to Abraham is the promise to us. The promise of the stars innumerable. It's the prophetic promise of God to produce a spiritual seed. This is why the Lord Jesus Christ said in Luke 24, when he initially birthed the church, go to Jerusalem, he said, and tarry until the promise of the Father comes to you. It's the promise of the Father. And so we see the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, the Spirit coming into the life and the church being born. And this pattern that we see in the beginning is going to be repeated here in the end time. And the latter rain will be greater than the former. And the latter, he's going to give it in the first month, the scripture says. How? Because the Spirit of God is desiring and wanting and ready to impregnate his church. Please understand today, I do not use that word impregnate by some personal choice. It's the word that the Spirit of God keeps declaring to me in my ear when I pray. It's the only word that I can find to express what I feel the Spirit of God expressing to me. His desire to impregnate His church. It is a spiritual work that He will do. But make no mistake about it. And this may sound crude. I don't mean it that way. The Lord, our maker, our husband, is not interested and will not entertain one night stands. He wants an intimate, abiding relationship. A bride chosen to himself and himself alone. One that is committed, wholly separated unto him. There's a call on your heart and your life and mine. I did not place it there. You did not place it there. Your maker, your husband. I can't help but think of prophet Hosea. The Lord told Hosea, go down and get Gomer to be your wife. It's a type and a shadow of the Lord's relationship with Israel. He went and got Gomer. If you know the story in the prophet Hosea, she was a harlot or a prostitute. She was unfaithful. And Hosea said, are you sure? Yeah, go get her. And Hosea went and got her and brought Gomer and married her, made her his wife, treated her well. And then time passed and she finds herself back playing the part of the harlot or the prostitute again. And the Lord said, go get her again. And Hosea did. Now this was real life for him, but it was a type and shadow prophetic utterance of the Lord to understand how he would deal. And so there is a drawing of the Lord. What does he do? He comes back. And you and I may not think so, but at times along the way we've played the harlot. 
God has touched our life, moved our life, and then we've gone back to the things of the world as though that intimacy with the world would ever satisfy us. Oh, I'll tell you what, it satisfies a fleshly desire, but not a spiritual need. And so the Lord will come back in His tender mercies and His great love that's unending and reach to us and bring us back. But there is a Spirit of the Lord in this hour. Hear me, we're coming to the end of time, and He will not always strive with man. And so there's a point where He says, I'm going to gather my bride to myself and those who will will and those who will not will be cut off and so there is this cry of the Lord for end time harvest and it will come through the impregnating of the church that is intimate with him and in pure and right relationship I don't get to go back and forth and vacillate would you stand with me this morning I hear the cry of the Lord but I also feel the cry of your spirit that's reaching out to its maker Come on, he's chosen you for this hour. He's chosen you for this hour. Some of you have been here many years. Some of you have been here just a few years or a few months. Some maybe even just a few weeks. But I trust the placing of God in his body and for what he's wanting to do and desiring to do. And the spirit of the Lord is reaching to you saying, if you will, I will. If you'll submit, if you'll submit, if you'll consecrate, if you'll dedicate, I will. Come on, he loves you like a husband loves a wife. He loves you and desires to flow you, through you and with you. He desires to use you. He wants an intimate, real, personal relationship with you. Not religious routine and order, but deep abiding relationship with God who knows you by name.